0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
1: Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee?
0: And does this smell good? Wolfen down your lunch. (laughs) Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolfen Luke. Hey, boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. You know what
2: I need right now? What's that, Paul? Beyond an Italian grinder. But I've come to learn that there is no actual lunch with wolfing down your lunch. I've come to learn that the hard way. So I'm well aware of that. I need someone to save me from myself. Before I go off on a rant? Either that or a hat ball. You could actually pull that down over your forehead. Note to self, don't pause and allow Wolf to butt in. When I say what I need is someone to save me from myself before I go off on a rant about how the Suns game was blacked out last night. Oh. On a lot of platforms. Really? Is this 1992? <laughs> how can a playoff game be blacked out? How can a road NBA playoff game be blacked out in the home market?
1: Yeah. So what's your problem, Paul? I mean, you don't have Bally Sports, is that what you're saying? My problem is with Sinclair, the Bally's ownership,
2: that apparently won't embrace Oh, you're going to go Sinclair on (laughs) you. They won't embrace wolf. Don't make me bust out the stat All from the right. Sports Business Journal okay. that Valley Sports Arizona serves only 40% of this market. Hey, it's Paul. the lowest percentage coverage of I any don't regional hear in
1: America. About Cal Consulting. Please, I don't care. These
2: things happen in threes. The D backs got rid of Mad Bum cardinals bounce the old uniforms can we please replace the regional sports outlet in this town and with that said let's bring in Aaron maloney
3: <laughs> <laughs> so the phoenix suns took game three of the series against the clippers last night 129-124 devin booker had 45 points six rebounds three assists three steals two blocks and zero turnovers it is the first time in NBA playoff history a player has reached all those thresholds with zero turnovers. Wow! Here's Kevin Durant after the game. Uh,
4: all
5: time. Great performance, you know, in playoffs like that on a roll, Game 3, 45, with that efficiency, like, like it's almost... I uh, expect stuff like this from him at this point in his career. But he set the tone, you know, getting to the rim, making plays for others, just controlling the whole game. And we don't to need that, him to continue to do that going forward.
3: Kellen Olsen has a story up on ArizonaSports.com that has a great stat in there. Over the first three games of the series, Booker has rested for a total of 11 minutes and 21 seconds. Is this sustainable?
2: CKO needs to do a story on why Ron Wolfley refuses to to give Devin Booker his props and his flowers. Why, you cite all those stats in an epic game, and Kevin Durant reinforces it, and Wolf only wants to talk about the team and the team effort out there. So yeah, that's what police. we need a
1: story on right now. Yeah, you know what? We need you Why to stop the reluctance talking
2: right now is what we need. To huh? acknowledge the greatness of Devin
1: Booker and as to whether it's sustainable, Wolf, what says you on that? Yeah, it's not, sustain- it's not sustainable for Devin Booker to go out there and play 45 minutes, 44 minutes, 46 minutes, whatever it may It isn't. They've got to look at this, and they've got to fix it at some point in time. I realize... That based on matchup, series by series, it's going to be a little bit different approach every series. But they've got to find a bench more than anything else right now. That is my number one concern. they got to find eight guys. Nine guys at the most, but eight guys that they feel really, really good about, and then they got to manage Book's minutes, Chris Paul's minutes, and KD's minutes. They're in trouble. There's only one way it's sustainable, feasible,
2: plausible. Suns in five. If they close out these series quickly. If they take care of their opponents quickly in four or five games, okay. And then you get rest in between each series. So that's why, to me, it's vital, especially without Kawhi and Paul George. You better close out the Clippers sooner than later. Win these next two
1: games. Yeah, I think it's going to go six, Paul, if not more.
3: So Kawhi Leonard was ruled out yesterday with a right knee sprain, but there was no letdown last night. Here's Devin Booker.
5: Yeah, you know, those are those trick games that happens always throughout the year where you think somebody's missing one of their top players and you know, you try to you let off the gas a little bit and they take advantage of it and you give credit to those guys they they played their asses often.
3: So, what do you think Kawhi's status will be for tomorrow?
5: Well, wasn't I don't the, think he's going to play, but No,
2: wasn't the report he wanted to play? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wasn't medically cleared to yeah. play? What does that mean? 36 hours between basically last night's game and the next game?
1: I, I I don't even know what to say about that. He wanted to play, but he wasn't medically cleared to play. Okay, so... That sounds yeah. like a concussion. <laughs> you, you, you know, I'm just saying right now, okay, yeah, you might want to play, but that really doesn't matter because if they're not going to clear you medically, they're never going to let you play, ever. So, I, okay, great. I think they threw that out there to protect Kawhi a little bit. Oh, yeah, he wanted to play. It's good but point. he wasn't yeah. medically cleared yeah. to play. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course Trying. he wasn't because he wasn't ready to yeah. play. Because you got to imagine the frustration, not only the
2: Clippers organization, but every one of their fans because you load-managed Kawhi Leonard all season right. long for this moment. And he's still injured. Oh,
3: The Arizona Cardinals are getting a fresh look. After 19 years of rocking the same uniforms, the Cardinals will be sporting new everyday uniforms when the season rolls around. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com. And it asks, what do you think of the Cardinals' new uniforms? Love them? They're okay? Or hate them? So they have the all red jerseys with Arizona displayed on the front, which is the first time the state's name has been on the jersey.
1: Those are okay.
3: All right. Then they have the whites, have the modern flare with red numbers and names on the back. With oh, I white helmets.
1: Love them. Those are lit. Lit, Pa! Type sick, dope. Yes, no, I love the Fire. whites, the all-whites. Oh, they're so clean. Chills. Blood.
3: You don't like the tough red?
1: No. That
2: is the Nike color. That was an app com- yeah, well, uh, comment. Okay, that's great. the yeah. actual Nike color code, tough
1: red. Yeah, that's what that is. Tough red. That's what it is. Okay. Yes. On the you pallet, were there last night. Like, on the palette, it's listed as tough red. Yeah, it's like some tough shed or something like that. Forget about that. You're tough and then skins. they have when you have to when you say tough, you, you really aren't tough if you have to say it. Fake
2: tough guy, you're calling tough red. Fake tough red. Just call it red.
3: And then they also red have the Rom. black, the black uniforms.
1: Oh yeah, you know what? I like the black. I do. I like the black. I love the whites. The the reds are okay.
2: You know what I like, and I don't know if everybody caught this last night, is the logo on the helmet is a little bit bigger. A little bit. A little bit. The Cardinal bird head is a little bit bigger, and I, I was uh, hoping what, for that. On the helmet. Right. The actual logo oh, of the wow. bird head is a little bit bigger, I and didn't see that. there's little silver flakes in the white helmet, too. If you look at it up close, sort of like there's flakes, red flakes, in the black helmet.
0: <laughs> you know, okay, so, the, so the TV
1: lights all right, Paul. will glisten off the helmet. You had an up-close and personal look at him. We understand, well, try Paul. Trying to educate you. Because you, you're, you're all about to, the uniform. Yes. You're the guy
2: who used to dress up your uniform. You used to have all these accoutrements. Yeah, okay, in it. Paul. Nobody You look nobody like a Christmas tree with all this stuff hanging off your uniform.
1: Now, Especially safe, with the neck Paul. roll, right, Paul? <laughs> yeah, the neck roll. Well, that's what I had to do. I mean, the neck roll just made you look like you had a big neck. <laughs> How much did your shoulder pads way back in the day wolf i mean the
2: shoulder pads were enormous No, they were
1: huge it was great paul and you know what was great is taking your shoulder pads and sticking them on a guy with a forehead like yours
2: (laughs) i I mean those really weren't shoulder pads those were like aircraft carrier landing
1: pads that's what they (laughs) They were wolf they felt so good i did everything i could to distract my opponent from the fact that i only weighed 222 pounds In an era when every fullback was 250. Do you think if you had modern-day
2: shoulder pads, you wouldn't have missed Deion Sanders three times in the same punt return? Um, There's
1: a possibility I would have missed him four times because it would have allowed me to get off the ground again (laughs) and chase him. That's right. (laughs) And They actually saved you
2: from further ignominy. Only three misses instead of four on the same punt return. I'll tell
1: that story later, Paul.
2: Game three definitely was not easy. Suns did get the win. We're going to react. All right, all that and more next. Calvisian for Luke on Arizona Sports, the local
0: sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers now. All right, Pauly Finch hitter in for Luke. Wolf, as someone,
2: I'm going to tee you up here from a first-person perspective. Okay, as someone who has taken his share of punches in life. (laughs) And bottles over the head, Paul. Do you think the Suns just took the Clippers' best punch minus Kawhi and PG? If I this think, series yeah. continues without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, is that the best that Clippers can... Please tell me, yes, that's yeah, the best I think they can so, offer.
1: I, I think so, for the most part. Without Paul George and without Kawhi Leonard, I do believe it, yes. They were in this game, and they were competitive. And this is the one thing I, I've got... I don't know about you, Basin Orneans, but I've got an awful lot of respect for the Clippers and the way these guys are going about their business um, up against the wall, so to speak. The way that they are right now. When you're missing two of your best players, I will admit, it puts you on edge. I know all about this inside the locker room. You know when you don't have your best players. I remember Neil Lomax, of course. Neil Lomax, Google it, my young crock brothers. Neil Lomax was an excellent quarterback who played for the St. Louis Cardinals and, of course, the Arizona Cardinals here. Neil Lomax, when he was hurt, it changed the, the entire complexion to every game that we played in because we didn't have Neil. Neil gave us the opportunity to go out and possibly win a game, and we all knew it. So much of the time, anybody who watches football, you know if your franchise quarterback is ready to go, you got a chance of actually getting something done. Well, the Clippers knew last night. They knew it. They were up against the wall, metaphorically speaking. And a lot of times, Paulie, that will put you on edge immediately. You know you better go out, and you better be able to give what you've got. You better play with some desperation, or this is going to get sideways, and we might get embarrassed. And that's the Clippers team that we saw last night. A desperate Clippers team. And I love the fact the Suns went out and were just more professional and won the game. A game they had to win.
2: There's not much that scares me about the Clippers minus Kawhi and PG. Yeah. I mean, Norm Powell going off for 42 on 15-23. That ain't happening again. I'm here to say. Yeah. Now, Tyron Lue... Mm. It's not often we cite coaching in the NBA, but last year, what Willie Green did in round one against the Suns with yeah. that Pelicans team, that was a stellar coaching performance. Now, was that predicated on the fact that he had inside knowledge of the Suns? Maybe. A little bit. This time around, Tyron Lue, I mean, what he's doing defensively, yeah. and mixing it up, and then going small in the second half. In fact, Monty Williams small. was asked about that as they went with five smalls and shot, what, some 60% in the second half. Here's Monty. Exactly. When they go small, you have to take advantage of it. I mean, when they have smaller guys out there and the shot goes up, um, D.A. got some, Tori got a big one. Um, I think that's the advantage for us is to attack the paint, attack the basket, but also crash. If we can
1: get extra possessions, that way we'll take it.
2: And with yeah. all due respect, to Monty right there, mm. you could listen to that soundbite and think it was a blowout. It was a three-point game yeah. with 90 seconds to play.
1: Yeah, that's what blew my mind, Polly. right there. You know, it's interesting because we had a very contested first quarter. We had a very contested second quarter. And uh, the Clippers were a game again, Polly, And it, they had to be encouraged by that. Yeah. And that's why I love the fact that in the third quarter the Suns came out and did take a lead. But they never they they never were able to take that lead that says, you know, we're we're going to run you into the ground. They were never up by 20 points in the game dominating them. It was always right around 12, it got to 13 and they they had a hard time pulling away and that's when it was 105 to 92. Go back and look at this base. It's 105 to 92. The Suns were up at the nine twenty-four mark of the fourth quarter. And that's when Ty Lu made the switch. He went super small. He brought those five guards in and didn't alter his lineup after that. DA came in at the eight twelve mark of that quarter, the last eight twelve of the game. And you were hoping to see a little bit more dominance from D.A. at that point in time, and they didn't get it.
2: See, I needed that reminder as to when DeAndre Ayton entered the game, because I totally forgot. What? Didn't make an impression whatsoever. Uh, I wasn't even aware D.A. was in the game.
1: Yeah, well, he did no, have three I mean, rebounds, I know, you know but still. Well, I know. Um, he, had, he had
2: done one of those Pyrrhic double-doubles, right? <laughs> Hollow, like 12, 11, and... Zero impact, almost, but I'm glad that's good, Wolf. So you know what, do that more often. Remind me when Da is in the game because it's really not that memorable in general. Here's D Book, uh, and you're talking about the tone and how the Suns had to set it, especially when the Clips remind us they're two big stars. Here's Devin Booker.
5: I mean, we've been trying to do it in the first quarter. Um, we just haven't been able to get off to a good start yet. Um, But, you know, it's that time of year where, you you know, there's going to be adjustments. There's going to be ups and downs throughout the game. You just have to keep weathering the storm and, you know, just keep fighting
1: through. This, to me, is what makes Devin Booker so good. He he understates everything that he basically does for the most part. D. Book, go back and look at it. He came out, and he was looking for a shot. He was hyper-aggressive in that first quarter, Paulie. I don't know if he noticed it or not. but uh, Well, I had to go back and watch it because it was blacked out, so I had to get up extra early this morning to watch the replay off NBA TV. <laughs> So thanks for asking. There you go, Paulie, yeah. right there, bud. He scored. Yes! he scored oh, 13 goodness. in that first quarter, but 11 attempts, 11 attempts from D. Book in that first quarter. He came out bent on setting the tone for this team, and that's what he did. But it's still amazing. The, the Suns have not won through three games. They have not won the first quarter. In any three of these games. Mm. Now, they were tied up 27-27 in this game, Game 3. But they have not won the first quarter in any of these games yet. And guess it's so important, and that's what Book was talking about, setting the tone.
2: I wonder how much more difficult it gets. Torrey Craig was talking about setting the tone early because now you have a short turnaround on the road. You had your big stars play a lot of minutes, especially KD and Devin Booker. Here's Torrey Craig.
5: Yeah, it was good to get in the bonus early. Um, we could be uh, more aggressive down the stretch. Um, I think it helped out with like, like a lot of loose ball rebounds that I, I came up with. And, um, yeah, so it was good getting in the bonus.
2: You know what sets the tone? And and this is me. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to role play a little bit. I think both head coaches before the game probably cited what had just happened in the NBA within the last 24 hours. That the Grizzlies went home. Oh, man. Minus Ja Morant. And got a win. Big win. Bucks went home. Minus Giannis. Got a win. Very important win. Yes. So the dynamic last night, and I think it was good that happened before the Suns Clippers, because the Suns could have been that victim before those Grizzlies-Bucks series. I think they were well aware, both teams. And I think actually it fueled both teams, knowing, guess what? If you're the Clippers, hey, it's doable, it's possible without Kawhi. Sure. And there they were, a three-point game with a minute and a half to play or so. Conversely, I, you can't tell me that Monty Williams didn't tell the team before the game. You see what happened these other two series? You better be better, better be ready yeah. to bring it, minus Kawhi.
1: Yeah, Paulie, I, I think you're right on this. Look, the Suns needed to win this game. <laughs> I called it a must-win, and I still reject myself in front of king and country for saying that. I mean, think of your kids, Ron. Are you kidding me? But but still, it felt that way to me. It felt like it was a must-win. The Clippers, um, they're not going to go into that good night quietly, Basin Orleans. They're not. You can see it. The competitiveness of the Clippers is stunning to me. Without Paul George, without Kawhi Leonard, they know it. Again, their back is up uh, up against the wall, metaphorically speaking, and yet they come out and they ball. They are they are giving what they got, man. There's no doubt about it, and they're going to be a tough out in this series. This I, I think it is. I think it's going six. You know,
2: Bernsie's coming up. He's a movie guy, right? Yeah, I've been trying to get the 16 year old punk just to sit down and watch the original Rocky. Okay, there's oh, that the
1: original. There, oh.
2: There's that moment, Wolf. I think it's after round three of the original Rocky, where Apollo Creed's corner tells him. Says he doesn't know it's a damn show. He thinks it's a damn fight. Finish him off now. Oh, wow, ball! And what happens? It goes 15. And there's Rocky toe-to-toe yeah, to toe with right. the champ. In a fight, he doesn't even belong in the same ring with his opponent. I see. So if you don't take care of this Clippers team right now, if you don't go out tomorrow in this twelve thirty game and take care of them and then finish them off at home, the threat of Kawhi coming back In returning to arguably his status as the best player in this series, after this renewed confidence the Clippers are getting minus their two big stars to hang with the Suns at full health. Yeah. I shudder to think what could possibly happen in a game six or seven if Kawhi returns. They don't think... It's a damn show. They think it's a damn fight. You better figure, finish them off now.
1: Yeah, Paulie. No, I mean, seriously, this is one of the reasons why I thought Game 3 was so critical for the Suns, especially when Kawhi Leonard was not going to play in it. That's why I called it a must-win situation right now. Imagine, I mean, would you say the Clippers right now? Stop and think about it, earnings. Are the Clippers confident? Ty Lue was talking about this the other day. They believe they can win the series. This was before we found out about Kawhi Leonard missing game three. This is before that. But he had to know. There was a question mark as to whether he had to know it. And yet he's talking about, we believe we can win this series. Are they confident? Are the Clippers confident? Yes, they're confident. They can do this. And that's the reason why the Suns have got to take this. So seriously, because right now they are the favorites. Everyone's talking about, oh, of course they're going to beat them. That is a danger zone for any professional athlete. It starts with the individual first and then the team second. That's the danger zone right there. When everyone tells you you're going to win and you should win, that's why I called it a must win for them. And they took care of business, and they got it done, and that's what matters.
2: Did you see that cell phone video clip, pregame, game two, downtown, Suns and Clippers, and it's like two hours before tip-off, and there's a TV reporter doing a live shot on the baseline, and during the live shot says, Suns are going to come out intent on setting the tone early. Russell Westbrook had just walked out into the floor to warm up, yeah, and he shouted at the reporter, you can see it live on the air, he shouts out, good luck! <laughs> that's kind of cool. So to your point about confidence, yes, they have it. Yep. Uh, What is Bernsey going to bring after you texted us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now? Bernsey, how's he feeling about this first-round series, where it stands, where it's going? That is next. Paulie Roundball in for Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Arizona Sports. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers now.
2: You know, it's so good we can keep it professional and let bygones be bygones. And <laughs> it was just last month I, I sat in with Bernsey and I, you know... Tried one of those uh, coups at the end of the show. I tried to replace Bernsey with Chad GPT. Didn't work out so well. Mitchapalooza screwed it up. But, you know, we put that aside. Yeah. And we're here now to talk, the three of us, Suns basketball and what was an epic playoff performance. Dave Burns in studio. And maybe Bernsey will give D-Book his props because every time I bring <laughs> up D-Book, Wolf starts talking about the team.
5: Yes, <laughs> the if team. he's back
2: in his media days at his locker in a Cardinals locker room with media hey,
1: <laughs> Book could not have done it alone, Paul. He needs his teammates uh, okay. as well. Let's talk about the team, oh, David boy. Charles.
4: Please, Dave. Okay, I, I, there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. I mean, first of all, that <laughs> was a coup. You were, like, you, <laughs> you were coming for I tried. me. I I mean, was, was that what that little, was? Was one of those business <laughs> forceful takeovers? You know, <laughs> okay, I, stockholders. I, I, tried. I didn't realize this was succession. I, tried. I, I didn't realize that you were Brian Cox coming. I, I had no idea. I okay, made
2: the mistake of outsourcing it to
4: Mitchell Palus. That's number one, and number two, I, I feel as if I've walked into some sort of Dispute here amongst the two of oh, you is, it, is, 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 is all Absolutely. well. Is everything okay? Is, is, no, it's oh. just always. Burnsy, it's is this right up there with dispute. the one you had with Lorenzo Alexander about wow. uh, <laughs> no, that one? That one. There was the serious threat of physical violence. Luca I, Devin I almost, conversation. He
2: actually started to get out of his chair at one point, and I was eyeing who could get to the doorway first because I was like, "Am I going to be able to run a four-two through that exit door?" But Burnsy, that's what I do. I come in here. I'm Dylan Brooks to Kobe. I'm poking bears. You now, know, the, Wolf needs it. He needs it. Okay, he's <laughs> got to be humble.
4: As long as you Not don't cold call bears. That's right. As long as you don't call him old. As long, oh, as long, oh, as long that's where I do oh, get punched. So, okay, so here's the question about D-Book. Um, is, like, at some point, I had to go back and really, like, watch yesterday's game. I mean, like, wa- I watched it, but I mean, like, really watch it. Um... At some point, do the Clippers change what they're doing and how they guard Devin Booker and does that free other guys up? Because it feels like at this point, I mean, he's torched you to the tune of a level of guys we haven't seen since Barkley and Jordan in terms of the number of points scored in the first three games of a playoff series. Are you just going to let him do that to you or are you going to alter your coverage? In any- and that's what I mean by really watch the game because I-, I wasn't paying a ton of attention to how defensively they were doing Devin Booker. And I just kind of want to know, are they going to do anything different or can they afford to do anything different given who else is on the floor with him? Because that's what something Booker was talking about after the game. Like, like, hey, as soon as they start paying attention to me, there's Kevin Durant and he's going to go off on him, you know?
2: Well, what would Monty say? He said, you know what, Kevin Durant, you have guys trying to double-team Kevin Durant, and he's 28 feet from the hoop. That's the kind of defensive attention he commands and demands from a head coach's opposing game plan, right? Defensively, Tyron Lue, who after the game, by the way, he said his first two comments were there were two things that killed us last night. Suns free throws that we did try to be more physical. We got to be smarter mm-hmm. in our physicality. And number two, he just flat out said, Devin Booker. And every time Booker got the ball, he was smart enough to immediately split the double team that they couldn't get that extra man from KD over, over him fast In enough. In time, yeah. Book would just split the double team, and especially when they went small, he just took it straight to the cup because they didn't have a rim protector.
4: Well, that yeah, the last nine minutes when they didn't have anybody big out there at all, Devin Booker was just salivating at the prospect of being able to go like the way he did. But but yeah, I just I I think that Devin Booker, it, it, it's almost as if Ty Lue is saying. Come hell or high water, yeah. Kevin Durant is not beating right. us. He, he's just not. We're, we're not going to let him go off. I'm gonna, I'd am going i rather see Devin Booker try to do it than Kevin Durant try to do it because I know what Kevin Durant's going to do. Now, I, I, that can change in the double teams that are flexing like you're talking about. But Devin Booker continues to get up. And, and frankly, they needed every single point. They needed every single totally. basket. They needed yeah. every single minute. They'd be doomed without Devin Booker in this series.
1: So, David Charles, 45 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks, 0. Zero turnovers. You know where I'm going with this. It's the first time in the NBA that that has happened in a playoff game. Mm -hmm. The first time that somebody's met those kind of numbers and not turned the ball over. To me, this is one of the greatest performances of Devin Booker's playoff career, and I'll put it number one. What say you?
4: I thought that after the last one. I, I thought that's got to be one of the five best performances we've ever seen from Devin Booker.
1: Even over the 47 uh, uh, against uh, the right. Uh, and that
4: was the last game, you know, when he just couldn't miss and the way he was orchestrating the chess pieces on the floor and the way he was moving guys around and basically being the point guard of that team and getting props for doing it, the, the way Kevin Durant said that. This one was even better, right? I, I mean, so now I've got to readjust. It's, we're readjusting the Devin Booker mm-hmm. top five on the fly when it comes to this. And I think for Booker. This is so far, anyway, an incredible moment in his career because you think about this time a year ago, Devin Booker was wearing that playoff. You know, That's phase for the Suns, right? Point. Like, like it was his fault because of what happened against the Mavericks, and he had the hamstring injury against the Pelicans, and he was the one who couldn't hit a clutch shot in Game Six and Game Seven. Devin Booker, we got to the end of the playoffs, and Devin Booker had a lot of people around the league going, huh, huh, ha!" Huh, see, and it see, got worse. Right? Game yeah. Six and Seven against the Mavs were disaster. Oh, it was a disaster. And I'm not, I'm not trying to defend how he played. I'm just saying that people really quickly forgot some of the things he did in 2021 in the NBA Finals run. And I yep. think this playoff run from Devin Booker is kind of reminding everybody, oh, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm more that guy than I was the guy a year ago.
2: Dave Burns, I put it to you. What's your level of concern with DeAndre Ayton? and I'll buy you some time. 12 points, 11 rebounds, 2 turnovers, 17 bobbles by
4: my count, and zero impact. Uh, scale of 1 to 10 put me down at a 7.5. Oh my mm. concern for DeAndre? Mm. I'm concerned. He was as disengaged as I've ever seen him last night uh, in the first half of that game. Got better for pockets in the third quarter. His offensive rebound, of course it helped when you, know, you had five guards out there like Ty Lue did in the fourth quarter. It you, should, better it should, pull should, you better be able to get an offensive rebound in a moment like that, but that Was a key moment in the game, but the level of disengagement, the hands—I continue to not understand the hands and how he just can't secure the rock. It seems like when the rock needs to be secured, I don't understand it. I am concerned. I'm concerned that defenses are going to play off of him and kind of say, "Okay, let's let's see you beat us. Let's let's see you do." Now he's shown. At times in these first three games, the ability to do that, but not consistently enough, and the level of engagement that we've seen out of DeAndre Ayton has come nowhere near the 2021 version. When Chris Paul said that guy's going to get himself a bag, yeah. that guy's going to get himself paid, we have not seen that guy hardly at all in this postseason.
1: So, David, what is your biggest concern right now for the Phoenix Suns after three games? And again, I, you know, when I say concern, I'm not saying you're terrified. Ah, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, what's your biggest concern minutes probably minutes, minutes for a little for bit a book, yeah it's just chris it's paul.
4: it's a lot it's it's piling up a little bit yeah, right like last is. night last night was a game where in theory in a perfect world okay we booker plays 37 is, 38 right kevin durant plays 35 or 36 chris paul had to play 40 minutes in last night game and those were 40 brutal minutes from Chris Paul, too, especially yep. at the end yep. with the missed free throws. The, the shot they had at the end of Kevin Durant calling for the ball so Chris Paul wouldn't be the one shooting the free throws after he had missed, too. Like, no, give it here. Give it here. kids. Like, oh. And Chris Paul wanting to get it Chris Paul's up. like, yeah, fine. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> take it. I'm one for eight from three.
4: I, I'm five for 18 from the field. You take it. I don't want it, right? Like, that The minutes that yeah. are piling up and the fact that it's such a short turner. Do you guys see Ty Luce's comments after the game and kind of the insinuation? that Part of the reason why he went so small in the last nine minutes of the game was to play at a pace that might have worn the Suns out a little bit, projecting ahead to wow. game four. No, as, if to say, hey, you know, as if to say, hey, they have to play on short rest too. They have to come back quick and play a matinee game on Saturday just like we do. Almost like, I'm going to put my five fastest guys on the floor and I'm going to make you chase them around and I'm going to ask them to get in your grill 30 feet from the basket for the last nine minutes of that game let's see how it impacts your gas tank going into game four I'm a little that's probably my biggest concern because I would have hoped last night there would have been a pocket of rest in there for the Suns you know? you
2: know that's why the Clippers head coach got a shout out from Kevin Durant last night honestly their three most valuable elements of that team would be Kawhi Leonard Paul George And Tyronn Lue, and I know Russell Westbrook has looked really good and really good, and I've compared him to the Buddha Baker of the NBA. He's just relentless. He's all over the floor coming up from behind guys. But the fact that Tyronn Lue, for example, early in that first quarter when the Suns were struggling out of the gate, he was overplaying the perimeter and saying, guess what? We're going to send everyone out to the perimeter, overload the perimeter, let's see D.A. beat us, which of course he didn't. I thought that was shrewd. Yeah. And then to your
4: point about trying to wear out the Suns, yeah, that may pay off later in the series. Look, the Suns might win this thing in five. I, I don't know if Kawhi's going to play. It doesn't seem like Paul George is going to play. I, I have... in. But make no mistake, it's going to be a hard five, man. Yeah, it is. It's going to be a really hard five. And and to Paul's point, Ty Lue, when you see Kawhi Leonard goes out, when you see Paul George goes out, the one guy that scares you on that Clippers roster, it's not Norman Powell, it's not Bones Highland, it's not Russell West, it's Ty Lue. Because if there's one guy who can push the buttons play the games, kind of figure out what's going on. It's him. He's so good at this. I, the Suns are going to win. They're going to win in five or six. They just have too much talent, especially if Kawhi right. doesn't play. It is going to be a really hard five or six for the Suns to get past
1: this. It's I think good. it's going to earn be it. six. You think so? Record I do, yeah. I mean, honestly, this is a team that's loaded with confidence. You look at the Clippers and the way they're playing the Suns. Is there any reason why you would lack confidence playing the Suns? Ty Lue said it the other day after game two. He said, we believe we can win this series. Sure. They look like it. They do. Yeah, Although it
2: doesn't look like they can stop Devin Booker. I mean, and I think we all need to appreciate it because it's shaping up to be what Larry Fitzgerald in the 2008 playoffs for the Cardinals... Devin Booker, if he continues at this pace, absolutely, it's going to be legendary.
4: He's getting whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted.
2: All right, Burnsy, good stuff. Appreciate it. Still don't forgive you legendary. for that beatdown I took in the Christmas carol some 15 years ago. <laughs> Register to win tickets to see the Foo Fighters on October 3rd. How that audio keeps resurfacing on these airwaves, I have no idea. It's it's amazing talking stick resort at amphitheater. Just head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for the event details, your chance to win. All right, Cardinals, some players have spoken out on Buddha Baker and DeAndre Hopkins last Night. I have not heard this. Very curious. We'll see what they had to say next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Fight Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, it's the Wolf and Luke Show, starring Paul Calvisi, carrying
2: Wolf through these four hours on his yet another in a series of no-focus Fridays. Despite just, everything that's going on in the sports marketplace. Yeah, you know,
1: just eat the salad, Paul. Eat the salad, please. Uh, thankfully. Stop moving it all over your plate. Just eat it, Paul.
2: This is the moment in the show I've been waiting for because we have so much from other people to say. That we don't have to listen to Ron Wolfley hardly at all for the next several minutes. Oh, <laughs> do not change the station. Here we go. <laughs> the GM Montiason Ford and the head coach Jonathan Gannon of your Arizona Cardinals moments ago met with the media. The annual pre-draft press conference. Oh, okay. My favorite moment, by this the way.
1: Is oh, wait, pre-draft. This is it. Paul? This is the pre-draft. This is the press last it. you're going to hear right here. Before leading up to the draft. Before the Cardinals are on the clock oh. next Thursday night. Man, you know I love this. Down the stretch we go. That's call. right. You know I love this right now. Okay, Polly, what do you got for me?
2: By the way, my favorite moment from any NFL pre-draft press conference so far this year yeah. was the Carolina GM Scott Fitterer a couple of days ago telling the media <clears throat> that he has yet to ask his head coach who he prefers number one overall. Yes. that. Works. Can I get the lie detector on that, by the way? I don't know if we have that ready to go, but when the, yeah. when, oh. when you're picking number one and you haven't yes, asked your head right. coach who he prefers... That's I'm sorry. negligent, isn't it, Paul? That's nothing you say has any credibility after that. I'm sorry. By Come the on. way,
1: is it Fitterer? What is it, Paul? I have no idea. Is it's it Fitterer? Spelled
2: Fitterer. Yeah. Just say it right? so quickly right. that it's hard to decipher. <laughs> Darren Urban reporting. Hey, Fitterer! Knock it off! The GM Monty Ossinfort said he has had conversations with Buddha Baker and his reps, and that is ongoing, that he wants to keep those talks private, but he has high regard for Buddha, and that has not changed. So there you go from the Buddha Baker trade request update
1: desk. Okay, there you go, Paulie. You know, honestly, I hope that Buda Baker is going to be an Arizona Cardinal going into the 2023 season around Wolfley reporting. I don't know how that can happen. Honestly, I don't know how the Arizona Cardinals would be able to point to a guy other than Buda Baker inside that locker room and say, this is what we want you to do. This is how we want you to be. There are some other guys that I respect as much as Buda Baker, but there's nobody in that locker room I respect more than Buda Baker as a football player. Somehow, someway, I hope this gets resolved.
2: Does he want a new deal or does he want out? Right. I tend to think he to. wants a new deal. I get it. Derwin James averaging $19 million a year. Jesse Bates, who just went from Cincinnati to Atlanta in free agency, averaging $16 million a year. He's due 13 this year, just over 14 next year. No guaranteed money. We'll see if they can work something out. Here's Monty Awesome for today though on the DeAndre Hopkins situation.
5: Um, it's You know, Greg, it's, it's similar to the Buddha conversation. I've, I've had similar um, I've had a lot of interaction with, with hop he's been great um good discussions back and forth um you know as it pertains to his situation i i'm, I'm going to keep those uh, those discussions between us as well um but you know hop hop's a, he's been proven to be a a good player in this league and and he's obviously a very talented player but you know i think productive conversations with hop just going to keep those between us
2: my opinion on d hop yeah okay thanks Paul. for asking right nobody cares he gone and i think it's mutual I really do. Yeah. I just don't see D. Hop as a great fit at 31 years of age for the Cardinals hitting the reset button. D. Hop himself has designs on in going into the Hall of Fame in Canton. He wants to play, you know, for a winning team without a backup quarterback to start a season. So I, I everything lines up right there. And by the way, I, something else I'm not buying during the line season, this season of misinformation, disinformation, and that other teams are not interested in DeAndre Hopkins. Right? No. Yeah. No, right. they're interested. They're just just negotiating a price it's at right what now. Price,
1: yes, That's exactly right, Paulie, and and it's the reason why the trade possibility is still the best route to go. Because imagine right now, if in fact the Arizona Cardinals, just hypothetically speaking, they just let them walk, they just cut them. There you go. You know that if we're done with you. You go ahead, and now all of a sudden. If you're a team that really wanted D-Hop, now you're going to have to fight for D-Hop because there would be a lot of teams that would be very, very interested in talking to DeAndre Hopkins. Can I get an amen on that one, Polly? Because I think we all understand that would be the case right there if, in fact, that happened. But now, if you're going to trade for DeAndre Hopkins, you can speak to him one-on-one with nobody else out there. That's the real value the Arizona Cardinals have and why teams would want to deal with the Arizona Cardinals on this. So they had that one-on-one encounter with DeAndre Hopkins and with his agent so they could hammer out a deal going forward. Because that's the only way a team really is going to want DeAndre Hopkins and give up any type of real value to get DeAndre Hopkins. They want that one on one conversation to renegotiate a new deal for D Hop. What will you do? At some point somebody's gonna blink on this. Whether it's DeAndre Hopkins in his camp or whether it's the Kansas City Chiefs or Chris Ballard and the Buffalo Bills, it's gonna be it's gonna come down to those two teams, Polly. Those two teams will actually make this or break this.
2: Let's hear from someone who spent last season in the same receiver room with DeAndre Hopkins. That would be Hollywood Brown. Here's what he had to say last night about Buddha and D Hop wanting out.
4: Uh I mean everyone,
2: you know, got their own course in their career. I know those guys, you know, they, they love us here, so whatever, you know, they gotta do what's best for them. And you know, we all we all love each other around right? here. And as for Buddha Baker, Hollywood Brown, who by the way is one of the more insightful interviews in that locker room, maybe a little bit underrated, uh, here's what he had to say when they asked him more specifically about Buddha Baker. I mean, no, nah, I mean, Buddha going to talk to us, like, you know, outside as the outside of football, as a, as a man, as of what he going through, as of what he wants. So we all just support each other in whatever, you know, decisions that each other makes. And that's in direct response, whether he has tried to talk Buddha into disdain. That yeah. was his response there. Mm. James Conner last night was asked about the Buddha Baker situation. And here's what the running back had to say.
4: Uh, I haven't talked to him yet, but uh, everybody, you know, we know
5: how we feel about Buddha, so we obviously we hope he's here. Um, but I haven't got a chance to talk to him yet, but it'll work out.
1: Yeah, you know, for me, Paulie, I'm just gonna say I, I'll believe Buddha Baker is gonna be traded when Buddha Baker is traded. Uh, would, I guess. would you like to hear what Monty
2: Asenford had yes. to say about that today? Within the last hour, the GM who's responsible for the Cardinal side of this situation. Here's Monty on Buddha.
5: Myself, JG, um, we've had a lot of conversation with the Buddha and his representation. A lot of productive conversations, and those continue to happen. Um, I understand that that Buddha went. Public with his uh, his request last week, um, you know I would say that the conversations that I've had with Buddha um, are gonna. I, I want those to remain between Buddha and I. Those are personal. Um, those are private, and you know I'm not going to get into a situation where I'm uh, handling uh, uh, one of those situations in in the public forum. So I hope you guys appreciate kind of that. But again, I, I think I've been clear about how I feel about Buddha as a person and a player, and and nothing about that has changed.
1: Yeah, nothing about that will change going forward either but the one thing i said that will change is it wasn't chris ballard it was brandon bean of course is who i met for the buffalo bills and his general manager but those two teams the bills and the chiefs for d hop it's gonna happen one of those two teams you watch paulie and this just in jg was asked about buddha baker
5: no i i i like to hear all our players, how they're feeling and, and what they're going through because each one of them are different. But uh, like Monty said, just talking to him, um, I know what's in his heart and I know he's a phenomenal person. And he's a phenomenal player. And uh, um, we've had we've had a you know, great conversation so far and a good relationship and uh, looking forward to keeping that moving forward.
2: And he's far from the only NFL player who has perhaps wanted to renegotiate his deal midstream. I still remember the GM, Rod Graves, years ago, upon leaving his post as Cardinals GM, said, you guys would not believe how often I get a call from a player's agent wanting to redo sure. their deal. Sure, It's constant. I know. And just because you ask doesn't mean it's going to be redone. Just because you want to be traded, if that indeed is the case, doesn't mean it's going to be accommodated. Just look at Patrick Peterson, yep. Chandler Jones, yep. Jordan Hicks, Andy Isabella, and you go got to go way back to Anquan Bolden even.
1: Yeah, Paul, you've got a chance to set a precedent right now with this new regime, Monty Fort and JG, and I think that's something you've got to value if you're the Arizona Cardinals. More on this- This as the show unfolds.
2: As D book set a new precedent, as he elevated his game to a new level, that is next. Calvisian for Luke, Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.